Hello and welcome to Lyricism at its Finest, episode two of the one and only podcast by Angel Martinez and You want me to say your name? Yeah. Alex Candelaria. Um it's been a while since we've done one of these, one month and a day today. So a lot a lot has happened. You got COVID. Yeah. Um COVID. A lot happened in a month. I got COVID about a week ago. Worst experience of my life. Um, I don't recommend getting COVID if you can help it. Wear your mask, you know. It, it's worth it, I promise. Um, yeah, so pretty much quarantine for 10 days. You know, I had to move my items about three times to different... Uh, <laughs> they didn't know what you had, dude. Yeah, I, I had to move my stuff three times to different locations to stay away from students, which is stupid because I left my mark on about three different dorms. But anyway, that's I can't. I can't story. imagine they go into all those storms and sanitize them. I no offense to our school, but I don't think our school really does that. Oh no, I saw I saw a lady in the house. Like, oh, rest in peace. They got just one girl, one woman assigned to cleaning COVID. I guess. Damn, that's fucked up. That sucks. Um, yeah. So I mean, I didn't leave the room messy, you know. It's alright. Yeah. Um, hopefully. <laughs> so uh, random. Right, I'm not gonna say that. Podcast. <laughs> let's uh, let's keep on track here. Uh. What I was saying, moved into a dorm once with a bunch of random football players. It wasn't very fun. It wasn't then a I, smart idea either. Yeah, no. We all kind of got COVID on that floor. Uh, I already knew I had it, so I stayed in my room dead. You know, the fevers, chills, headache, all the above, except for vomiting. Glad I did not have that. You didn't have explosive diarrhea either? Oh, I had that. <laughs> I had diarrhea. Um, oh. I was in the bathroom probably three times a day. Can't believe that's a symptom of COVID. I know. Like, my stomach is already like that. So I was like, damn, do I have COVID about 80 times this year? Um, <laughs> so moved into a house after that. Well, it wasn't that bad. Had two roommates. They didn't really leave their room, but it was pretty fun. I mean, don't tell the school, but, like, I went to other houses that had COVID and hung out with them. You know, it was a pretty fun time. I mean, they all have it, honestly. I you know. We all had COVID, so I didn't think it was a problem. Really wasn't. You're already tossed in with people, so that too. Yeah, you can't toss a bunch of freshmen in one place by themselves and expect them to do everything you say. No, just never mind the other people. Yeah, I thought I was mature, but guess not. <laughs> uh, but yeah, crazy month. A lot happened in a month. Month went by very, very fast. Said we'd have the final project due in two days, but I get you know shit happens. Yeah, we couldn't really see each other. I was back home. I yeah. got vaccinated. It was weird though. They uh, they heated up my vaccine on a spoon. <laughs> they didn't do that for now. Just okay. Well, apparently that's a bad joke to make. You can't really joke about that. Demi Lovato won't be happy. She's not happy regardless. But, yeah, they gave me a belt, put it around my wrist. So I knew it was sketchy because I had to do it behind a dumpster, and I really didn't think that was where they gave out vaccines. Yeah, I thought they did it at CVS, not Walmart. <laughs> but. <laughs> I, you know, I, I didn't raise any red flags. He had a lab coat. I mean, it did say, you know, Springfield Psychiatric Hospital, but I didn't I didn't question it. <laughs> I didn't even think we have one around there. What's a psychiatric? Psychiatric? Yeah. Oh. Um, <laughs> Wait a minute. You're not supposed to. Supposed to he had handcuffs. Is that a red flag? I don't know. Regardless, I'm vaccinated. Yeah. I started throwing up black vial for a little bit. No, but you're fine now. I'm kidding. Get vaccinated, please. We we are dying to get our country back on the horns. Mask just re- mask just removed. Really, I can't speak. Mask just removed the mask mandate. Um, from the summer. Fun fact. For like, 
just walking outside or yeah just like being outside as long as you're not in like super huge gatherings you and i mean if you're vaccinated the cdc said that as well you don't have to adhere by any outdoor mask mandate fantastic so i mean i i know 90 percent of the people in florida are just gonna say they're vaccinated because nobody's gonna fucking ask you for your vaccine card oh where's your vaccine card oh i left it at home i think it'll have to be with like formal things that they'll ask you but i can't imagine they'll go to bet your backyard and be like hey you got your <laughs> vaccine card no get off my backyard. <laughs> yeah it, yeah it'll it'll be like outdoor events but the more the more what i'm worried about is public places you know like a football field Parks, beaches, you know? Yeah. Like, you're not going to... Well, the beach is a big one. Yeah, especially in Mass. I don't know where I'm going to mask at the beach. Yeah, I mean, I don't think... Nobody <laughs> was this summer. Never mind. Yeah, right? Yeah. Well, what a... What what a... What a month. Yeah, man. What a year. I've never had so much... I've got migraines now, fun fact. That's not good. No, it's not. I've had one all is day from today. from this morning? It just happened. It's It's been from this month. Yeah, they started at the beginning of the month when, you know, Maybe stuff happened. Maybe stress levels are a little high, you know? <sighs> Is it stress levels? Well, are my stress levels ever ever low? At least for me, it is. Yeah, uh, ever low. I don't know, but you know, I go f- instead of going from zero to hundred, I go from hundred to a thousand. Yeah, it, it's a family thing, so I, yeah. I don't. You know, I told my mom like, ah, finally, you're the last one. I go, fuck. <laughs> you know, you'll get migraines. I'll get heart disease at twenty five. It's just so. how my my family works. I'm here for a good time, not a long, long time. time. <laughs> If I live past 50, then I'm not a statistic anymore. I just don't want to be senile when I'm old. And if I'm senile, don't toss me in a in a home. Toss me in your home, in your backyard. See just me do weird shit. Toss me in the river. Let, <laughs> let, let me start, like, watering your concrete. <laughs> let me let me get to that point where you just take videos let, of that. Let me, let me walk your fish. <laughs> oh, that's my joke. I love that. Or that's our joke. <laughs> Jackie Chan, that's your joke. Hey, man. He's a great actor. <laughs> okay. Anyways, uh, the podcast. Yeah. What, what do we talk about? Music. Yeah, well, yeah. Welcome back. Welcome back. Hope you had a great college freshman year. You know, it's coming yeah. to an end. It's crazy. You know, these semesters, day by day, feel like they're the longest thing I've ever felt in my life. But then you check back like two weeks later and it's like, oh, shit, we're almost halfway through. And then you come here now and it's like, oh, shit, we have two weeks left. Time to record three podcasts. Um, <laughs> sorry, Mike. That wasn't funny. Um, it's okay. As long as we make fun of Canada. Canada. Steve Nash. That's what you should name your cat. Steve Nash. Oh, my God. What if we make the winner of the – or whatever? Doesn't he have, like, a prize and the prize should be – Yeah, but we have to get points. Okay. Well, whoever wins should get to name his cat. Oh, that's a good idea, Mike, if you're listening. <laughs> Someone's nah, naming your cat. His daughter's already named it. He lost a cat in the damn wall. He, they're losing that yeah, cat in a couple so days. So I woke up to that. <laughs> He's like, yeah, so I lost a cat in the wall. I go, well, then. It had, this isn't his first time. He lost a cat when he was younger in the wall. Huh. He told us in our class, and I was just, I was laughing. Made a couple of dark jokes in class. It was very funny. Uh, please don't tell me you made any Anne Frank jokes. No, no. Oh, no. okay. It was I, about his life. Oh, uh, well, well. Yeah. You know, we all, we've all been there. With Anne Frank? No. Oh, sorry. With life. <laughs> what's, with, what's with your obsession? <laughs> I, People aren't going to want to listen to this after that. Random historical figures. Okay. This is, I'm going to get kicked out of school. Probably. <laughs> That's okay. It's all worth it. So, music. Okay. So, I'm I'm going to start with my my little side. Um, I want to talk about MF Doom. Rest in peace. Died recently. Um, one big thing that I, I really like his family did, they didn't tell the public he died for, you know, what was it, three months after his death, they released it to the public, which, you know, 
I don't you don't see that happen nowadays, do you? Very respectful. So um little little background. Um he started he's he man's all over the place, first of all. From the UK or was born in the UK, lived there for a little bit, came back to the US with family. In, his name is Dumale, at least what I know. His first name is Dumale, last name, whatever it may be. Very mysterious, man. Very. So, fun fact, his whole thing with rap was uh, he wanted to separate himself from being an artist. So, a lot of the time, or basically all the time, he wore a mask of Dr. Doom. Yeah. Um, from the Marvel comics? I don't I don't know superheroes yeah, and villains, so I'm, I'm going to assume it's Marvel. That's Marvel. Yeah. So he, he wore a Doctor Doom mask. He has one of his friends go out and buy it, and that's kind of how the character started, you know? MF Doom. Also, you're supposed to, you know, spell the name in all caps. Put a little respect on it. But, um, so a little bit about him. Um, so the reason he started to only ever really wear his mask, especially for interviews and stuff, was, um, the death of his brother. So once his brother died, it was sort of like a, a turning point for him. And a lot of it just became, like, separating himself to also, like, keep his humanity because you see all these rappers like they end up going by their their artist names in public you know for example like you know my favorite artist Lil Uzi Vert he his real name is Samir Woods most people don't know that you would never hear somebody really call him Samir Woods you call him Lil Uzi everybody refers to him as that so you know at at least he had this separation to like kind of also live his own life um very not the most popular you know he, he has some popular songs now you know i mean definitely death always adds a little bit of fame as we've seen but um my favorite thing is he's he's done you know projects with basically a, whoever he could have in the past right and a lot of it became coming up with new identities for these projects so um he was in a group with his brother called kd at kmd a lot of uh, racial music that came out in that time. It was early 2000s and 90s or late 90s. He went by the name Zev Love X. Um, then early 2000s, um, I was listening to this actually a little bit ago. His voice sounded very young. He went by the name of King Ghidorah. If you don't know what that is, it's part of like the whole uh, Godzilla type of line of movies and stuff. Um, and then he went as King Ghidra as part of the Monster Island Czars. Then he made an 82-song, nine-volume production of different beats, and he called himself Metal Fingers as producing it. He has multiple records under uh, under the name of Victor Vaughn. Then he would also refer to himself as Victor Vaughn Doom, because I think that's Dr. Doom's real name in the... Whatever it may be. I don't know. I don't I don't like superheroes, man. That thing's dumb. I think, I think uh, Doom is a, a villain. Um, he had a project with Mad Lib. He went by the name Mad Villain. Um, then he also had a project with Danger Mouse. Interesting name. He went by Danger Doom in that. Then he worked with, uh, Janeiro Jarrell, who is a, uh, British producer. He actually moved back to, uh, the UK, uh, in the late 2010s, um, or sorry, early 2010s before his death. He moved back to the UK, kind of live his own life, you know, something, something I actually thought about the other day, and uh, one of my teammates, you know, I, I, looking back at it, I could never just sit there and pack up my life, like, do you think you could just, you know, like, even, I'm probably, you know, it's normal, like, especially in our society, like, yeah, I'm gonna get a job in another state, nobody knows who you are, you just either buy a house, buy an apartment, and you just live a new life, like, how do you feel about that? Um, as a child, I moved around a lot, I didn't really have a stable home, so it's like that's like secondhand to me. I think mm-hmm. like 
being able to that the adaptation for me is like secondhand nature because like I've had to do it a lot. Um, I think that for some people it's like it's easy because there's also no no rocks holding them down here. Yeah. Like if a rapper like Twenty One Savage like some have reasons to come here mm-hmm. like for jobs, money, stuff like family and everything, but like those aren't factors when you're thinking about your job and everything, right? Unless unless it's you know emergency things but like for me i think i could leave a place at any instant like really like if it really came down to bettering myself and like Mm -hmm. giving myself a better opportunity i'll be gone in the next day yeah like i mean i can't you know it's like the thing where like give you a small example like you had a girlfriend in high school and it's like yeah of of course she was a factor in where you were going to go to college like not that you were going to follow her or vice mm-hmm. versa, but it was like, shit. Like It's in the back of your head. If know? we don't go to the same college, are we going to break up? Shit like this. Like, I mean. Fun fact, you always break up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just had to toss that out. Um, we don't have to get into that. That'd be a, that's for a separate podcast. Yeah. Um, Lonely lovers. Um, But anyway, I think if it really came down to bettering my position in life and giving me a better pedestal in life, then I would gladly be. Especially in our our our, uh, our generation now, it's not like we'll never see each other again. Like, yeah, if I'm out there getting money, I'm gonna go send to fly out back here, come visit my friends, or vice versa, have them come out here, sure. show them the time, show them the new place I'm in, and everything. Like, have them experience what you've been at. Like, especially if I'm in a new, like, if I get a job that's paying me fifty thousand extra dollars, like, I would hope my friends would be happy for me. To like go out and get that get that money and everything. Cause I'm like, just gonna be mad you left me for fifty thousand dollars. You know that's not no that's not the thing. You know it's no I, I I don't understand that possessiveness. I think I don't know I I was always taught to look after myself only. Yeah. Like I have that second in nature to always look after other people, but at the end of the day, if you're not alright, then you can't make sure other people aren't alright. And if an opportunity arises especially coming from the hood if an opportunity rises and it's right in front of your face you take it you're stupid not to take it because we didn't get those chances growing up so if you're in a point of your life now where you're getting this chance you're not going to let anything Mm -hmm. hold you back and i think that's what it is for me like it's not that i don't like where i'm at or i don't like my friends you know Mm -hmm. etc like this but like we don't get many chances in life yeah we don't get many chances to better ourselves so when I do get that chance, I'm going to take it, fully grasp it. You know, whatever happens, happens. You know, everything happens for a reason in my eyes, right? Yeah. No matter what, at the end of the day, and I'm going to take that chance. Yeah. You know, it's just like a rapper's career. If if he's out here saying he wants to make music, be a rapper, this, this, and that, and he never takes the steps or fully indulges himself into becoming one, mm-hmm. he's not going to become one. Yeah. But if you have that chance and you take it and you go and you leave the stuff you had behind and you go and you put your full effort towards it, that stuff is still going to be there, right? God forbid anything happens, but that thing is still going to be where you left it. Go out, chase your dreams, get that money, better yourself, and bring them with you. I don't think you could have said it any better. You know, I think I think wild concept that really... uh came up in my head is is i was never exposed to the idea of arguing your pay when i was younger you know i didn't know people got paid salary i didn't know salary was a thing till i started working i was like you can get paid the exact same amount like you know on a salary and they're like yeah and i'm like oh sick like 
you know, and then you start searching up, like, what jobs make the highest salaries, whatever, and I'm like, okay, well, you know, I'm not gonna come out the gun, go for a million dollars on a salary, but, uh, you know, then I'm looking at, like, nursing jobs, kind of what I want to do, you know, it's like, uh, starting out, it's like 80, 90, 100k, or whatever, I'm like, all right, like, that's, that's the biggest number I've seen money-wise in <laughs> my entire life, and then, you know, they're like, okay, yeah, yeah, well, you know, once you get a couple years into it, you can, you can get a higher salary, I'm like, oh, you're, and I was like, oh, no, sometimes you argue, and I'm like, you argue how much you make, like, the wild concept of, like, you fighting for a job and arguing how much money, I'm, I, I can, I just take the first opportunity, because yeah. I don't, I wouldn't think I'd get another one, but anyways, back on to, uh, <laughs> uh, MF Doom, yeah, man, man really was an enigma, you know, you don't, I'm pretty much the only rapper, at least mainstream underground rapper that I hear about just being able to completely separate himself from his real life and his work life, you know? I, I mean, now that's also an American thing. We don't separate ourselves work and life-wise most of the time. But, um, you know, like, I, you know, I, 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 I could not point out Dr. MF Doom in public. You couldn't tell me, yeah, that's MF Doom. I'd be like, how do you know? The man wears a mask. So I think, I think keeping that privacy, you know, he wouldn't have this whole discourse of like going out with his family. Everybody's like, give me an autograph, give me a sign, you know, whatever. You know, and having that privacy, I think, must have been real relaxing for him. He, he seemed to be one of those people that enjoyed his own space. Yeah, like um, Eminem in one of his songs just exclaimed how much he hated when people yeah. walked up to him and asked him for an autograph while he's out getting food with his fiance or his daughter. Yeah. And I can imagine that. Just like not even think of it as like you're a regular person. Like mm. that's that's what they think of themselves. At least the yeah. good ones do. They don't. They don't go out in public, you know, going out there like who they are. Like, oh, look at me, I'm Eminem. Come, come get my signature. Come get this. It's no. If he's going out to have his regular life, like mm -hmm. that's what they want, right? Their job is to make music. It's not like they're doing it just for people to come up to them and you know bother them so much, right? At least nowadays they might be doing that. You know, that's kind of the whole Cali lifestyle. You know, you go out to Cali, start living in Cali. Everybody's gonna see you. Everybody famous lives in Cali. But then they want to live their own lives, their own regular lives. And it's like, it's hard when you're in the limelight. Yeah. And when you don't put yourself in the limelight, you know, it, two things can happen. You will never get famous slash you have your own, your own little fan base and you won't really recognize one bit. Mm -hmm. Now, I think that's picking one of the two lesser evils, at least in the state of rapping. Fame comes with a price. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't want to be famous. I, I, that's one of my biggest fears is being famous. I mean, not fears, but I, I don't think I could. I don't think I can handle that. I like my privacy way too much. Same. Also, you know, I like going ghost. Like we've talked about, sometimes I like when people don't hear about me for two or three days. I just get to work on myself. Yeah, I also feel like I don't like when people know what I'm doing 24-7. Yeah. Like, I don't like that at all. Like... There's some there's some people in my life that will like always feel the need to know what I'm doing or be with me twenty four seven. Which I'm not I'm not complaining about people being around me all the time and everything. Like I love company, don't get me wrong, but be comes, your own person. There comes a point in time where you like you need your privacy. I think everyone needs privacy. And when I feel like my privacy is being attacked, mm -hmm. it's like it's I start to like push and shove because it's like I need my own space. Like if I don't have my own space to just collect myself, you know, in small moments or just 
better myself in like longer periods of time to be yeah. able to focus on what I'm doing in the moment instead of other people. Yeah. It's like I need privacy. There are all the moments you can't share with everybody, you know? If you if you are going through something like you get a text and you're not feeling so hot, like you don't want to just always be around people and people just keep pushing like they gotta get that too. It's, it's like, ridiculous. It's like I didn't I like I grew up I grew up like not, not this is like a sad thing or anything, but pretty alone. Like I didn't, I grew up with like a, a older sister. It's like, we're not going to share many, many, you know, common ground things. Like I played with toy cars and video games and she played with dolls and everything. Like Same, yeah. the, the closest thing we had together was that she played softball and I played baseball. You know, the more siblings I got, which now I have three, you know, the, the busier it got, the more hectic it got, the more people I've been around me and everything. But there is still a sense of privacy amongst our siblings, which I didn't, I didn't have to be around them all the time slash. I don't, because I feel like giving yourself and other people privacy makes relationships stronger too. Like what's the point of talking to somebody if you know what they're doing 24 seven, like what is there to catch up on? What is there to talk about if you know what's going on all the time? It's just boring to me. And I think that's like, makes just relationships flat. So this, this podcast started out as a way to decipher rap slash teach about rap. Kind of deciphering ourselves. But I think that the more we did it, the more we realized how, how much teaching rap and actually understanding rap is relating it to your life and relating to the rappers. Because what is a relationship without relation, right? True. Is that not the prefix? Yeah, yeah. Like, if I have no things, in, like, say say country music, for example, right? Oh, God. Don't get me started on country music. Like, I'm not, you know, I'm not sitting back drinking beers, talking about a girl, you know, things like this all the time. Like, you know, that like the, might be a little stereotypical, but you get my point, right? Or a tractor. Yeah, like, I'm not doing any of those things. But, like, I go to rap music, and I'll, I'll listen to Jay-Z, where he says, you know, run around the streets as a young and causing trouble. And I'm like, hey, <laughs> whoops. Talking about, like, the bricks of the project. I'm like, oh, I know what that looks like. Yeah, exactly. Like, I know I know about the concrete jungles and everything. Like, yeah. You know, it's just stuff I grew up around. So, I mean, like, to create that kind of bond, you need the relation, right? And teaching a way you can relate yourself to the music and relate yourself to the lyrics, I think is much, is a much better way of understanding a genre of music rather than explaining explicit lines and teaching you the ABCs of rhyming words together. Anybody can rhyme, but can you understand it is the real question. Can you get the meaning behind it? And, you know, I think, I think that's what a lot of us miss in the end, you know, I, I'm sure I've skipped over lyrics of hundreds of songs that I've listened to. And I, that's what, that's why I go back to my music, you know, and then you find something else to relate to it. I go back to the old songs I listened to in like seventh grade from like all time low, you know? <laughs> yeah. That, that's, that, that was a rough year. Seventh grade, man. I listened to like all time low and I'm just like, yeah, like I, this means a completely different thing now to me. Which, which trips me up because I'm like seventh grade. I'm like naive listening to people wanting to kill themselves. And I'm like, man's just sad. But like, you know, he's, he's more so talking about, you know, what, what there is to be changed in the world. What there is 
for us to get better in instead of the naive part of me that just wanted to immediately associate these great emotions to everything. You know, finding out what like being sad is for the first time, being really happy is, you know, and then I'm like, okay, well, everything is that. But then, you know, you slowly come to learn that life is just like the mix of emotions that come through every situation that you deal with. And what's best about that is in rap music, it's portrayed through those lyrics, the the fine lines, you know. Mm-hmm. All right. So MF Doom. Doomalay. First of all, great. I, I love the whole keeping himself separate you know i think it's going to be something that i'm going to struggle in the future with you know keeping myself separate from my job because i've told myself do something you love so that you feel like as if you're never working but then you'll do that so much that it becomes your life anyways i started listening to him probably towards the middle of quarantine kind of discovered him through a sadly tiktok i'm kind of need to take a break from that app anyways (laughs) oh my god that app is horrible jesus christ what do we see on there um, I think the first thing that drew me to him was his unorthodox way of rhyming. You know, I, I, you know, most most rapper skills are really defined by uh, their way to stay on topic while finding the next word to rhyme and the next word to rhyme and the next word to rhyme. You know, and I mean, it gets a little repetitive in our generation when you're rhyming your diamonds to your money to the woman you get with to the cars you drive. You know, it's kind of the same thing. On the other hand, you have MF Doom who talks about the most bizarre things. He's got um, a whole lyric talking about how most rappers these days just fake things, you know, and then moves on to, uh, let me let me find the list. Keep your shirt tucked, but not a button up. And it's, it's simple, but it's just like, it's just small things. So one of his most popular songs, you have Rhymes Like Dimes, and he just starts off in the middle, go get back, connect, wet back, Connects wetback, which is what an old racial term for uh, Mexican people, but in the early 2000s, you can get away with anything. Go get back, connects wetback, get stacks, even if you gots to get jet black. Head to toe to get the dough, battle for bottles of mo or dro. This rhyme flow, take practice like Tabo with Billy Blinks, or you're too kind, really thanks. The, <laughs> to the gone and lost forever, like oh my darling Clementine, he hold his heart when he's telling rhymes. And none of that really had anything to do with each other. It's more so just talking about the attire of a man head to toe to get money and battling for bottles of mo or dro alcohol, pretty much. But it's it's the simplicity of it that makes it so sophisticated. You know, you don't have rappers with such great vernacular, as you'd say. You don't have most rappers calling alcohol mo or dro, talking about taking practice like Tabo. I don't know who Tabo is. I'm too I'm too young for this. Who the hell's Tabo? Couldn't tell you. Anyways. It's simple stuff like that. And it's through all all his music, you know, I think the unorthodox that comes in comparison to his character. Because uh, it is to him a character. It's not his life, honestly. And so I think that's what drew me to him. Someone that was able to uh make rap more than just a job or actually simplify rap to just be a job instead of it be his life. It was all to him was putting on that mask, making the rhymes, which, again, unorthodox, clean, really, it really characterized who he was. It was sort of the epitome of what he talked about, just keeping it simple. He, he has he has an entire song dedicated to lazy Sunday mornings where all he does is jack off and drink weed. 
<laughs> wow. From the back there. I don't know that one's not gonna cut out. But anyways, like I don't I don't think you have any rapper that's not a comedy rapper doing that nowadays. That's that's what I love about the man. So we started talking about MF Doom. Well mostly Angel. You know, he's more knowledgeable on that man. But I'm here to talk about a man from the shy town, Kanye West, right? Completely different backstories. But they had the same aspect of completely different style than everyone out there. So Kanye, the best way I can describe Kanye to someone who doesn't listen to him is you take a gospel song, you take backup singers, take any type of song that's filled with soul music, and that man will put it in the back of his song and rap over it. Now, there might be other rappers that rap over gospels or soul music, stuff like that, but no one chops it up and uses it like Kanye does. That's how he invented his own style back, back I want to say, 2004 to 2008-ish, doing his thing with the college dropout, late registration. Those two albums really displaying what people call the old Kanye, you know, chopping up soul beats, rapping over him about his life, his trials and tribulations. One of my favorite examples is that is called the song called Through the Wire. So one night leaving the studio, Kanye's driving home, gets into a fatal car crash. Wasn't fatal though. Gets into a could be fatal car crash. Smashes his jaw through his face. Gets into a bad one. And while in the hospital bed, he writes a song called Through the Wire. So in this song he talks about just his situation and how he's he had the relentlessness to get through it and how he's had the relentlessness to write a song in the in the bed and rap through the wire, through the wiring in his jaw when he had the inspiration the most. And I think what really sums up that song in the end is when he goes, but I'm a champion, so I turn tragedy to triumph, make music that's fire, and spit my soul through the wire. Lots lot of breakdown in that that little verse right there. First off, being a champion, a turn tragedy to triumph, he, off of this accident and the songs he released after, he was on MTV, the car crash on MTV, news, everything blowing up, really putting him in a better situation than he was before when he was just the man trying to make beats for other YouTube, for other um, rappers. Spit my soul through the wire, such a simple lyric, but it means so much more than, than what the eye just is. So... Spitting his soul through the wire. Man has faced a lot of controversy, as many people can tell. And even back then, he was facing controversy. People telling him he couldn't rap. People telling him he's just a producer, this, this, and that. So what he's doing is, you know, he, he has his wire gauge in his mouth. He's spitting his soul through the wire. This jerked him up to be the rapper he is supposed to be. Right? This, this is a great display of Kanye's character. And... The fact of what he came out with after this accident and after releasing Through the Wire shows how different he is than most artists. What also makes this man so different is how he, how he, what what he raps about. He doesn't he doesn't rap about girls, money, weed, everything like that. You know, obviously it makes his his way into into his music. But I want to talk about the second verse in Through the Wire, and he goes. What if somebody from the shy that was ill got a deal on the hottest rap label around, but he wasn't talking about coke and birds, right? 
coke, you know, cocaine, birds, and women. It was more like spoken word, except he's really putting it down. You know, he's he's writing writing his story and putting it out to the world, and keeps going. And he explained the story about how blacks came from glory and what we need to do in the game. Good dude, bad night, right place, wrong time. In the blink of an eye, his whole life changed. See, this man, great storyteller because in the rest of the verse, he keeps going. And if you could feel how my face felt, you will how now Mace felt. Thank God I ain't too cool for the safe belt. So, you know, this man has the ability to tell a story while rhyming and to keep it going with the flow under a soul beat is what Kanye, what makes Kanye Kanye. Through the Wire is a great example of what makes him him. What if somebody from the shadow was ill, got a deal on the hottest rap label around? But he wasn't talking about coke and birds, it was more like spoken word. Except he's really putting it down. And he explained the story about how blacks came from glory and what we need to do in the game. Good too, bad night, right place, wrong time. In the blink of an eye, his whole life changed. If you could feel how my face felt, you would know how Mace felt. Thank God I ain't too cool for the safe belt. I swear where the guy drive a two on a sue I got a lawyer for the case to keep us in my safe Safe, my dogs couldn't tell if I I look like Tom Cruise on Vanilla Sky It was televised It's been an accident like Geico They thought I was burned up like Pepsi did Michael I must got an angel Cause look how death missed his ass Unbreakable, what you thought they call me Mr. Glass Look back on my life like the ghost of Christmas past Toys R Us where I used to spend that Christmas cash And I still won't grow up I'm a grown ass kid Swear I should be locked up for stupid sh that I did But I'm a champion So I turn tragedy to triumph Make so, going back to MF Doom, you know, I think one of the biggest aspects of his persona is the judgment he has for the rap game and other rappers. So, uh, MF Doom, in almost all his songs, you know, he, he exclaims he's the best to ever do it, his skills unmatched, you know, unrivaled, and you see that. So, right on One Beer, one of his more popular songs. Um, he sort of compares his act of being himself as a, as a robbery. So, you know, he starts off, Doom came to do the thing again. No matter who we bling in, he'd do it for the smelly hubbies. Sort of making fun of the people that listen to him. Seeds know what time it's like. It's time for the Teletubbies. Now he's referring to them almost like children. Few can do it. Even fewer can sell it. Take it from the dude who wear a mask like a torted helmet. He plot shows like robberies, in and out, one, two, three, no bodies. Please run the cash and you won't get a wet sweatshirt. The mic is the shoddy, nobody move, nobody get hurt. So right here, as he said, he plot shows like robberies. He, he knows what he's doing. He's what He believes what he's doing is not worth the money, you know? And I mean, coming in, some people, you know, you look at it, it's just another person singing words that we've all heard before and making hundreds of thousands of dollars, almost millions. And, you know, that, that run the cash and you won't get a wet sweatshirt. It's sort of like talking about, like, you won't get blood on you on your sweatshirt. The mic is the shoddy. So the mic is his weapon. He's figuratively saying he himself is committing a crime by how good he is. And then, you know, another aspect of it is towards the end of the song, you see this, you know, these two sections where they're just skits. So you have skit one 
and right before the outro, as it goes, there it is done. Now that the representative from South Africa has been mind programmed, all the world leaders on earth are under my control. And when they meet tomorrow in special session, I doom shall be voted master of the world. My plan is foolproof, but just in case. And what about snow? So he's really taking in the persona by he's, he's moving in a part of actual Spider-Man and, Marble, Marvel, if I remember correctly, um, lore, and I think putting that into his music sort of also gives him that second aspect of this is just a character. Like, the, I'm playing a specific character that we already know. You can associate me with him, but at the end of the day, the person you see with the mask is nowhere near to who he really is. I get no kick from champagne. Alcohol doesn't thrill me at all So tell me why shouldn't it be true I get a kick out of brew There's only one beer left Rappers screaming all in our ears like we're deaf Tempt me, do a number on a label Beat up all the MCs and drink them under the table Like it's on me Put it on my tab, kid, however you get there Foot it, cab it, iron horse it You leave it on your face, forfeit Across the mic, hold it like the heat, he might toss it Told her, tell him they stole it He told her he lost it She told him, get off it and a bunch of other more shit Getting money, DTs be getting no new leads It's like he eating watermelon, stay spitting new seeds This the weed, give me some of what he drooping off Soon as he wake up, choking like it was hooping cough they grouping soft First hour at the open bar and they trooping north He went to go laugh and get some head by the side road She asked him autograph a derriere red to wide load This yard bird tastes like fried toad turn love villain Take pride in cold words Crooked eye mold nerd geek with a cold heart Probably still be speaking in rhymes as an old fart Study how to eat to die by the pizza guy No, he's not too fly to ski Squeeze a eye and squeeze a thigh Maybe give her curves a feel The same way she feel it when you flow with nerves are steel They call a super when they need their back to a plumbing fix How is only one left? The pack coming six Whatever happened to two and three? A herb tried to slide with four and five and got caught Like what you doing, chick? Don't make them have to get cutting like truancy Matter of fact, not for nothing right now You and me, looser than a pair of Adidas I hope you brought your spare tweeters MCs sound like cheerleaders Rapping and dancing like redhead kingpin Dude came to do the thing again No matter who be blinging He do it for the smelly hubbies Seeds know what time it is like it's time for Teletubbies Few can do it, even fewer can sell it Take it from the dude who wear a mask like a tarted helmet He plots shows like robberies In and out, one, two, three, nobody's please Run the cash and you won't get a wet sweatshirt The mic is the shoddy, nobody moves, nobody get hurt Bring heat like the boy done going to war He came in the door, and everybody on the floor A whole string of jobs like we on tour Hey night, on the score, coming to your corner store
your eyes open. When I tell you, start snapping. Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, ladies and gentlemen. I see. I am risking my life to tell you with, with great concern that I must warn you. You must. example of getting your emotion out and every single word of it you know it it's not an album filled with a ton of words breaks and rhyme schemes and everything but it's an album that shows pure emotion right the emotion you could tell by the album title 808s and heartbreak means that a lot of stuff was going on right before before this album was even conceived of his girl did leave him right in the midst of him trying to chase his dreams which would put a bad stain on anybody, right? I feel like it's a very common thing. Yeah, like, and then on top of that, his mother, his mother passing away, right? So after after these events, you know, Kanye is very obviously upset, obviously heartbroken, right? So he goes on his uh, hiatus, right? So after suffering lots of heartbreak, Kanye releases his album called 808s and Heartbreak, right? So to break it down just from the title alone, it's going to be a, an album about heartbreak, about sadness, right? Um, and in the first part, 808s, using an 808 drum kit, which in my my eyes is probably the best drum kit. You know, if you ever give the chance to listen to this album, you know, it's definitely very sad, very vivid, right? But it's one of those very minimalistic albums that Kanye's pretty much known for later in his career. The beats in 808 and Heartbreak aren't aren't complex. They aren't crazy beats mashed together with a bunch of drum kits added on into a producing right thing. What he does in this is he, he takes his 808 drum kits, maybe puts vocals behind it. And the church vocals, man, and everything. It's amazing. He just, he just raps over things like that. And I'll play you a sample of a song right now called Heartless. And then I'll play a song after that called say you will right you could hear the pure emotion in both songs and in say you will is one of the more minimalistic songs on the album and as he goes through the album he he first starts off with relationship problems and say you will describing how people don't follow their words all the time with you especially when they promise and exclaim how much they keep their word and it's such how it's such a big part of them. You know, and one of the lines is very simple for everybody to understand. Don't say you will unless you will, right? 
he's been left alone a lot of times. People going against him. And he's tired of it, you know, hence the heartbreak. And we keep going on with that with that scheme. He comes into Heartless where he describes how cold it was for his girl to leave him in the midst of all this going on. And honestly, I don't want to talk too much about the song. I'm just going to play it, let you hear it, play some samples of it, and you'll see exactly what I mean. So mo- most of the song is about relationship problems, but he gets into more of his life, too, about how the fame hasn't allowed him to live a normal life. And I think that's a very common scheme in a lot of famous people, right? They aren't able to live normal lives 99% of the time. And you can hear it clearly in the song, Welcome to Heartbreak, right? Where in some of the lines he goes, my friends show me pictures of their kids, and all I could show them was a picture of my cribs, right? So he... He has everything he wants, but he doesn't, right? And another line, he goes, my kids show me, my friends show me pictures of the kids' report cards, and all I could show them was a new car, right? So he, he values the little things in life like that. He values life, especially from his mother, right? He has all these things, houses, cars, money, but that doesn't equate or make him fulfilled and happy. But he has friends that are living this normal life that he wants and having aspects of the life that he wants. And it's, it's making him, it's giving him heartbreak, right? That he can't live that life because of the limelight. This is A Piece of Heartless by Kanye West. In the night I hear him talk The cold story ever told Somewhere far along this road He lost his soul To a woman so heartless How could you be so heartless? How could you be so cold as the winter wind when it breeze, yo? Just remember that you talking to me, though. You need to watch the way you talking to me, yo. I mean, after all the things that we've been through. I mean, after all the things we got into. Ayo, I know what some things that you ain't told me. Ayo, I did some things, but that's the old me. And now you want to get me back and you gon' show me. So you walk around like you don't know me. You got a new friend, well, I got homies. But in the end, it's still so lonely. This is A Piece of Say You Will by Kanye West. Why would she make calls out the For the listener, I believe, he ends the album with a song called Coldest Winter, right? And in there, you could just tell before even listening to this song that it's going to be sad. And in the song Coldest Winter, he talks about losing his mom and a very 
very up there line is goodbye my friend will i ever love again memory fades in the coldest winter right so he he describes his time as a winter cold winter as he's going through right he's asking if you ever love another girl again another woman again like he loved his mom which fast forward into his later life is not going to happen and he realizes that but He's asking where the love is, you know, he's, he's missing a lot of love in his life. He's missing people in his life that he had there all the time. And he describes his time as a cold winter. And that right there is another song that you just have to listen to to grasp the real emotion that comes through it. And I mean, honestly, at this point, I feel like we're really in the subject about loss and losing family members. So again, as I mentioned before, uh, MF Doom, Doomalay, um, did lose his brother in a car crash in 1993, which, you know, nobody would ever, I would never wish that on a phone or anybody. I, I haven't really lost family members like that, but I can imagine how that feels, you know, especially they, they're the ones who started uh, KMD, one of their first groups together. So finding yourself with your brother and then all that is gone, sort of what, you know, that, that, that takes a lot on a person. So I, I kind of understand the whole concept behind the mask, especially you didn't really get to flourish with who you wanted. So it's kind of like doing it for him. As they always say, as rappers these days always say, you do it for somebody, you do it for all the people who couldn't. Um, another example is on uh, it's G Herbal's album, on uh, the song PTSD, um, they have a flag, and the flag representing, it's it's about African Americans, and they have 50 people representing the stars of the United States. And, you know, it's crazy to think he's G Herbal's, you know, early 20s, late teens, and he knows 50 people that have died already. It's kind of just, you know, showing that grievance, showing that struggle that we all face in our lives. And to think that, you know, people who are more famous than us are most likely the ones that have gone through these great ordeals, yet they're still succeeding or what we consider to be success. Because to them, it might not be success, the fact that they're at the top without anybody else. Regardless, um, I think... A uh, really big lyric. So we have the song Doomsday off of Operation Doomsday from MF Doom. Um, getting getting into the chorus, you know, it, it gets it hits real hard. So, you know, you start the chorus and it goes on Doomsday ever since the womb till I'm back where my brother went. So you know, referencing his death, rest in peace. You know, it hits hard looking back at it. It says till I'm back where my brother went. That's why my tomb will say right above my government Doomalay. And uh, he's using Doomlay, uh in two ways right there. So Doomlay, his name being, you know, right above my government, his government name. But you can sort of slow it down to Doom Will Lay. Sort of like, you know, he's engraving himself. And as he finishes it, either unmarked or engraved, hey, who's to say? You know, at the end of the day, he doesn't know where he's going. But as long as he knows his brother's with him, it's kind of it's kind of the, the ultimate goal, you know, be back with his family, you know. and it's again amazing. Like I, I can't imagine ever losing a brother, and then, you know, sort of making everything you do out to him, out to the people who had that vision with you. Um, and then you know he continues onto his regular, making fun of everybody else in the game. Yeah, you know it, it's also a a big discord to go from your brother's death and a shout out. Sort of like, it it's weird, but it's sort of like predicting his own his own feelings about death, like. He doesn't care when he dies. He know he'll have his brother there. You know, at the end of the day, he'll be reunited. And I think it's a big consensus that when we pass, it's sort of like 
oh, I'll get to see those who I loved who aren't with me now. And, I mean, not getting on the subject on the afterlife, but who knows what there is. So it's kind of a scary moment to, like, you know, you have to take yourself through that entire life with that in mind. Reincarnation. Reincarnation? Hell yeah. Dude, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't know. Uh, I, what's that, Newton's 20th law or something? Energy can't be created or destroyed. So, I mean, it makes sense. What are we going to do with the energy that humans are produced? Yeah. Oh, that, that throws me off every time, dude. It's like, I don't I don't know why. Like, no, I know. It, it, you know, everything just gets turned into different forms of energy. But, like, would, it, would there be some, like, you know, existential law that says we can only be reborn into humans or reborn into any species? Because... What if, what if, you know, uh, wow, this podcast is changing up real quick. But anyways, what if, you know, like when we are reincarnated, we're reincarnated into an alien species. And that's kind of like something we like that. That's what they're because if there's other other beings in the universe, they must follow that. Like, you know, that law, universal law. So regardless, we could be reincarnated into alien beings, which is something I feel like that's overlooked if you don't believe in aliens, obviously. You know, what I think it is is. It's not something that our soul will just like fly through the air mm-hmm. like in a baby or something. Like it's mm-hmm. just like you know those those soils that just create rich fruit that just yeah. create like yeah. beautiful trees. You know, it's like wow, that tree's been there for three lifetimes, right? Yeah. You know, maybe someone's soul has been repurposed into that tree, oh, right? You know? Okay. The richest fruit coming from the richest trees, right? Yeah. The best wine coming from the vineyard grape vines. Yeah. You know, maybe someone's soul is attached to it, right? Okay. And, you know, you, you it's a, it's another thing, like, when people put love and care into a plant, mm-hmm. you know, love, care, somebody, people play music for it, you know, scientifically proven it helps. Yeah. Right? You know, love, care, that's all expressed emotion and energy. That's also, you know, weird to think. I think there was an experiment done. I'll have to look back before this, but um, experiment done where... Um, people like yelled at plants or talked to plants as they were going, and obviously, you know, they had one saying words with negative connotations, one with positive connotations. And you don't think plants are sentient beings, but there was something about like the plants who were negatively like talked to didn't grow as well as the ones that were positively talked to. You know what I mean? It it honestly is because I mean I think I could tell you I could tell you the most positive stuff, but if I said it with a negative tone, you'd be like, okay, you know, you'd, you'd be a little sussed out. You'd, you'd be suspicious. It's like you've lost the you've lost the game before it even started. Yeah, like you, you ever walk into a room and you're just like, yeah, I shouldn't be here. Mm-hmm. Right? It's just stuff like that. I think you know, energy's a real thing. I think everybody mm-hmm. feels it. Everybody has that sixth sense of energy. Yeah. I think it is. You know. What if I don't know? This is random, but what if you know, like, sort of like a little bit of our soul is left behind with every person that we've touched and sort of like gets first, you know, like you always hear, Oh, he hasn't been the same since his brother died or like his mother died, you know? And it's sort of like, that's what ends up driving people to do different things once after someone else's death. Yeah. It's like, you gotta, you gotta, some people say, you know, Oh, ever since my mother died, a piece of me left with that as well. Mm-hmm. And I think that goes in tune with like the people you really care about and the people that really affect your life do make you who you are in its way, right? It's like it's like the, the nature versus nurture thing. I think yeah. nurture is a very big part of it, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I say like example of me growing up a single mother, right? mm-hmm. I get a lot of my aspects from her, a lot of my personality traits from her, a lot of yeah. my problem solving from her, right? And people immediately recognize that mm-hmm. in a sense, right? So 
going back to the nature versus nurture, the people that are a part of you really put a lot of time and effort into you or are around you a lot. You do pick up on things they do. Yeah. You do repeat those things at times, right? Just like jokes. Somebody, I like to make a joke, and then I'll say that joke without even recognizing it's it. like me with Jackie Chan. Yeah, like, even though I don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I make a joke that when someone's lying, I said, yeah, and I'm Jackie Chan. So, like, bring him from, like, you're clearly lying, you know? <laughs> now I got random people saying they're Jackie Chan. I'm like, it's my joke. Let's relax. <laughs> yeah, especially when you got funny people around you, right? You're, you know, some jokes will be will be repeated by other people. It's just... Well, my credit. People, people touch everybody, you know? Not, not in a weird way. <laughs> oh, 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 we're not priests here. Mike, I know what you mean. No. Something like this morning. It was it was something. We just sat there for like 15 minutes and then we left class. That's why I, I, I don't know. You're doing a great job. You're doing a great job. It's my favorite though. No, I mean, it's the only class I'm really doing something I'm ever it's interested in. I'm writing papers about stuff I've never thought I could write about because usually like, you have to write about a book. I'm like, okay. Thank um, Going back on MF Doom. Um, I don't know. I really like the whole aspect of his character that just makes fun of everybody else. So, you know, on Doomsday as well, which, again, little discord between his brother's death and making fun of other rappers. But, you know, he has an earlier bar that says, fence that cats get kidnapped. And it's sort of making fun of this, uh, from, from what I read, it's uh, making fun of uh, vaginal cream. Uh, I can't say that. Butyl-conazole? nitrate i don't know it, it's a way of you know uh, excuse my language calling rappers pussies you know and then later on he sort of references it again hold on let me see if i can find it real quick oh my god oh and he goes a dope fiend still in the teens so you know i mean we all hit a point where drugs were kind of our escape uh we haven't yet don't worry about that um <laughs> shook niggas turn witness real men's mind their own business you know, that's sort of like the old law, old telltale, like, don't be a snitch, you know? And, and as we see um, in popular media, if you guys know who uh, Bobby Shmurda is, hey, man, all I'm saying is he was offered five years and his friend was offered 12 years and he took a seven-year sentence so his friend could take seven years. Now, was it messed up that he kind of, you know, called out the people he murdered in a song? Yeah, but I've heard a lot worse coming from songs, so... You know, it's sort of like, don't snitch, don't rat somebody out. And that's kind of like the street life. Like, if you if you snitch, you are a dead man. I mean, there's been multiple instances where someone snitches and they basically have a bounty on their head. Anyways, real men mind their own business. So, like, keep it to yourself. Don't snitch. If you got to take 20 years to not snitch, fuck it. Um, the difference between sissy pissy rappers, that's double dutch. How come I hold the microphone double clutch? So, I mean, not to make anybody fun front of anybody that does double dutch but he's referring to double dutch like a childhood activity it's like a you know again excuse my language a sissy activity something in connotation in the past was negative now obviously we have a turn away from that type of language and that type of behavior to have no connotation or positive connotation but regardless his whole act is sort of letting people know that i don't care what you're doing you won't be as good as me you know you won't you won't be living this street life and you know, it's something something that's weird in modern music that, you know, you're only really valued if you live that street life. Or regardless, even if you didn't, like, you know, people be like, oh, look, like, you know, he, he was well off. They're like making fun of a rapper, an artist. I can't remember any in recent memory. The uh, the most I can remember is uh, recently CJ Whoopty. You know that CJ came out with that song Whoopty. Um, 
And in the song, you know, he's wearing a lot of uh, red bandana, sort of signifying he's part of a blood, part of the bloods. And um, it was, it was, uh, found out that he was false claiming, which for those who don't know, false claiming is like saying you're part of a gang when you're not. And that's, you put a bounty on your head as well for doing that. You know, false claiming gets you killed a lot of the time. So, you know, it's a sort of like a bunch of people just immediately switch from listening to his music to not listening to his music. And I kind of understand that, like, you wouldn't want to fake being part of a gang. I mean, sometimes you got to do it for your own survival. Sometimes you just choose to. And I understand if you got to do it for your own survival, you know, some people live in Chicago, Chirac, you know, and in that situation, you kind of do have to kind of do it for your own safety. Everybody's in a gang over there. But if you know, if you don't have to, why false falsify that you're in when there's people that, you know, have died, there's people that have risked their life for this, and you falsifying that you're part of a gang is sort of like dissing them. So I think, you know, that's that's a big aspect of everybody's life in the rap game, sort of like, you know, people who've died, as we talked about before, gangs, which again, you know, don't try and be part of a gang if you don't have to. That's all I gotta say. And then that turns back to the anomaly of Kanye West. That man is successful, one of the most successful black men of all time. Yeah. That man has more money than everyone at a college combined. You know, it's crazy. Um, he is a billionaire. Yeah, one point eight billion. That's his net worth as of twenty twenty one. He is a billionaire. Um, that man is. He wasn't in the streets. He wasn't selling drugs. He wasn't part running with gangs and everything. That man found ways to rhyme and ways to rap without talking about guns, drugs, and everything. That man has talked about his life and put together what he thought would be the best in the song, and look where it got him, you know? He he also is not even just a rapper, right? This man is just a, a jack of all trades, right? Yeah. Starts yeah. off with his with his Yeezy yeah. collaboration with Gap, right? Just starting off selling shoes, and then the man goes into... Goes into fashion industry, right? Kids see ghosts, all that stuff. You know, he goes into the fashion industry, right? People call them, you know, the the Louis Vuitton Don, right? Something, oh, something that kind of really blew him up in the uh, fashion industry was the Nike Air Yeezys, you know? Those shoes go for like ten to thousand dollars right now. Yeah, see, this man's smart. He's smart. And taking back to the, the beginning of his rap career, people telling him that he couldn't rhyme. Mm-hmm look where he is now right and there's people telling him now that he can't be in the in the in the fashion industry he yeah. can't design clothes he can't design shoes you know stuff like this but shoes sell out every time i don't think they understand that that's what fuel that that's what fuels kanye when you tell him he can't do something he's gonna his stubbornness will force him to do it mm-hmm. that's what people don't understand and at the same time he's using that stubbornness and angriness to make money yeah that's all he does is make money. Gets his, at the end of the day, it gets his name in the headlines, and you hear about Kanye, it's in your mind, and next thing you know, oh, yeah, Kanye shoes, I'm going to buy them. Fuck it, I've heard about him. He's going a little crazy, but hey. This man, growing up, right, I wasn't aware of how famous this guy was. Yeah. But now I realize this man is mentioned shows like, let's go to Nickelodeon, Sam and Cat. I bet half of y'all don't even know what that show is. But he's mentioned in that, and someone portrayed as him in that show. Right, this man has shoes, clothes, music, putting everything. shows, everything. Right, he's kind of monopolizing the world one by one. Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's what we gotta do. Not bad for some immigrants. Something, something else. Um, his uh, he has a, what this church service, right? Yeah. 
And I mean, he has his own church service. Yeah, you wouldn't you wouldn't think that the um, billionaire that makes music and designs clothes would also be running a Sunday led church service. I mean, you know, you I've, you've seen these random videos of like him in the super baggy clothing on a Sunday, and they're just you know, I mean, believing in the religion. You know what it is. I think it's also another stand up thing he does. That's why they call him Jesus. Yeah. No, that's kind of weird. <laughs> I don't know if anybody should be referenced Jesus. I don't know. I'm not religious. I just respect religions. More power to you. I can't do it. And see that he he did create this thing in, in a sense of trying to save himself and his mental health. Like as we all know at this point, Kanye has some really bad mental health going through. We could start off with the Taylor Swift incident as maybe the start of this all. Um, Saying uh, what was it? Um, he grabbed the mic and he goes. Beyonce's music video was the best music video of all time. And basically he's saying that Taylor Swift ain't deserve shit. Which, you know, it happens. So, anyway. Going into the thing of mental health and music. That man put a lot of his emotion and mental health into words, into music. And very, very described the way he was feeling very well. And that, that for me allows me to understand my feelings right in another light i may feel something right but as soon as someone else says it or someone else describes it to me it makes it a lot easier to understand yeah to to know that that's what i was going through and that rap for me is like a big part of that in my life it allows me to say the things i want to say or allows me to like explain how i'm feeling Mm -hmm. but sometimes you don't understand right but when you have someone describe it to you how they're feeling and you're like, wow, it's the same exact thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, damn, I didn't know I felt like that. And that right there is what, what Kanye does very well. And I've related to a lot a lot of things he said, especially in family business. And uh, just the way he describes his emotions, it makes you understand what he's going through slash relate to what he's saying. Didn't, didn't Kanye say... Uh, slavery, sl- uh, slaves uh, were slaves of their own free will. I swear to God, he said that. Slavery was a choice. That wasn't in a song. No, it wasn't in a song. It was. It was on a podcast or what was it like TMZ? He pulled up and he's like, "Yeah, slaves were." Yeah, he, he, I told you his mental health was off. <laughs> ah, Kanye. I wish they gave me two week vacation for slavery. <laughs> cut that one out. Actually, no, don't cut that one out. That's that's going in the podcast. <laughs> oh, um, no, for sure. I think. I think music, as we say, is another form of expression, you know, it's just getting our emotions out. And I think with both of us, it's really like seen outwardly, you know, for you, it's all about like getting your emotions out, that heartfelt expression of everything that you've gone through. Sort of, you know, it sort of takes like a weight off your shoulders, you know, someone else is saying it that way, you don't have to explain it. You just pop a song, let the emotions out, continue about your day. I think for me it's a combination of that and it's sort of like i like stuff that's odd you know i don't i don't like the same old songs i i want songs that have like really good hitting meaning really good like references to other either music or pop culture references or even non-pop culture references you know as i listen to some of the least or less listened to artists like ski mass and you know mf doom the whole the whole rhyme scheme is talking about smaller details in life and it's kind of what i search i want the you know the small meaning the hidden meaning in life it's kind of what i'm searching for Kind of, kind of all over the place today, right? Um, Let's do this. We had to do two recording sessions due to unforeseen circumstances. Yeah, a bit of an intermission between today's recording and yesterday's recording. Three, five, four, <laughs> five. Anyway, um, inside joke. 
You know, I, kids college, right? They have college night, someone's birthday. <laughs> you know, there, there's drunk people walking around. I didn't Only say someone's that. birthday in college, man. I didn't say that, please. Um, What's it, alcohol? I don't know what that is. It's a, it's an ester. Sorry. Um, anyway, someone's birthday. People were walking around like that. You know, one of our friends may have entered the room. <laughs> it was pretty funny, though. Not even going to lie. Oh, my God. But anyway, moving on. Talked talked a bit about why we chose these two artists, MF Doom and Kanye West, as kind of our spotlight artists for this podcast. Um, I think we both had different aspects to what we were saying, yeah. but in the end, it all tied together. It was pretty cool to see. Like, they're, they're, they're astronomically different artists, you know, but in the same yeah. way, they, you know, follow those kind of rules that... Um, segued from talking about lyrics to going to mental health to saying how rappers portray their mental health and emotions through lyrics and explain it so very well while rhyming and maintaining a flow, which is just crazy to me, right? It takes a lot of effort, practice, and time. And it's just an amazing thing how two completely different people, artists, all the above, Mm -hmm. different place, not even from the same country, can do this thing very well. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's it's wild to think that at the end of the day, our lives can be connected to everybody else's through the smallest things, you know? You got Kanye talking about his dead relatives, you know? You got MF Doom with a sadly dead brother. We all we all experience loss, and, you know, I think it's also sown through music how we deal with ourselves, how we deal with what comes after every hardship 